Hello, this is your fertility pharmacist. This podcast is for women who are trying to overcome infertility. If you keep a pulse on late-breaking fertility research, it could positively alter the course of your fertility journey like it has for me. Hi, I'm Elise, your fertility pharmacist. I've been looking forward to sharing today's research paper, so I'll get right into it. The paper was published a few weeks ago in Archives of Sexual Behavior, and it's called Is Reproductive Orientation Associated with Sexual Satisfaction Among Partnered U.S. Women? What that scientific title seems to be asking is, for women in a serious relationship, how does their level of interest in getting pregnant relate to feeling sexually satisfied? This is a stellar question. I'm glad these scientists explored the pleasure part of the journey towards pregnancy. Despite being an under-researched topic, it turns out that answers are not easily obtained. Before we get into that, here's some background on the study. To kick off their understanding of how sexual satisfaction and thoughts on pregnancy interrelate, the authors of this study today branched off from the results of an earlier fertility study. This earlier study was called the National Survey of Fertility Barriers, and as the name suggests, this was a survey. It was a phone survey conducted by randomly calling numbers and trying to reach women across the USA who were in the age range of 25 to 44. It took place in the years 2004 through 2007. This phone call study was specifically trying to speak with women who had personal experience with infertility, and they made extra calls into areas where there were large populations of black and Hispanic women to ensure inclusion of women of color. It appears as though the study and the phone calls were affiliated with the University of Michigan, which is particularly amusing to me as I was actually an undergrad at Michigan during this time when they were calling the women in this study. I remember seeing advertisements on campus to work at the Michigan Call Center that were paying $12 an hour, which seemed like really good money at the time. Since I had a zillion other college jobs, which included dishwashing, lifeguarding, participating in a weekly hearing test study, I never wound up pursuing that gig at the call center. But it's fun to entertain the idea that had circumstances been a smidge different, I would have been the person randomly calling the women in this study. But I digress. Nearly 4,800 women were willing to take the call from the University of Michigan's call center. In the study that just came out, 2,000 women were trimmed from that original study, either because they were single, they weren't sexually active, or they were pregnant at the time of the call. So today's study had 4,800 minus 2,000 women, so that's 2,800 women who were either married or cohabitating, were sexually active, and were not pregnant. These 2,800 women were separated into four categories based on their feelings towards pregnancy. The first two categories are pretty simple to understand. They are women who are trying to conceive, women who are definitely trying not to conceive, aka the women avoiding pregnancy, but then there are two other categories. The third category is the women who were considered ambivalent about pregnancy. They define the pregnancy ambivalent category as women who met the criteria for having infertility, as in they had been trying to conceive for at least a year without success, yet they were not seeking medical help to get pregnant. In case I don't say this later, pregnancy ambivalence was a really useful category to include, as there are so many women out there who are struggling to conceive yet are not taking medical action. The fourth and final category were the women who were classified as sterilized. I am not enamored with the word sterilized, but it's the one they used. 
They define sterility as either the woman or her partner ever having a surgery that made it difficult or impossible to have a baby. I wish they'd elaborated further here, but this is what we have to work with. After categorizing women based on their interest or ability to get pregnant, they next asked women about the quality of their relationship with their partner or spouse. Here's what they asked. This is in quotes. Taking all things together, how would you describe your relationship? Would you say that is very happy, pretty happy, or not too happy? And have you ever thought your relationship might be in trouble? Last but not least, they asked about sexual satisfaction with the following questions. How satisfied are you with your sexual relationship? Would you say very satisfied, pretty satisfied, or not too satisfied? Thus, the questions they asked were super straight to the point. No room for nuance. Keeping that in mind, let's get into the results. From these random calls across the country, just over half of the women responded. 10% of the women were black, 20% were Hispanic, the rest were considered white. They did not count other race options. The average age of the woman in the study was 35 and a half. For women who were trying to conceive, they were younger, around 33, and they were more likely to report a history of infertility. And they had been in their relationships for the shortest periods, comparatively to the sterilized women, who on the other hand were older, around 37 and a half, had more children than the infertile woman, and had been in relationships the longest. That makes sense. When the results on sexual satisfaction first came in, the authors found that women who were trying to conceive were three times more likely to report being very sexually satisfied compared to the sterilized women. The pregnancy ambivalent women were two times more likely to report being very sexually satisfied compared to the sterilized women. While these results suggested initially that sterilized women are comparatively unhappy with their sex lives, when they threw relationship quality into the mix, there were no meaningful statistical differences in sexual satisfaction based on how women felt about pregnancy. Because their data did not have its statistical significance, this makes it more likely that their results were due to chance. And the authors recognize this. Towards the end of their paper, they said, and I quote, The interaction of relationship quality and reproductive orientation revealed an interesting pattern. Although given the crudeness of our measures, it is not wise to draw any firm conclusions. End of quote. Since the authors themselves are basically saying, don't make any changes anywhere based on what we've put together here. What can we take away from this paper? Well, the authors did find patterns worth noting that corroborated earlier research. One pattern was that women who felt they were in high-quality relationships generally reported higher sexual satisfaction. Another pattern found for women trying to conceive was that longer relationships were associated with lower sexual satisfaction. This makes sense. If you've been with someone for a long time and you've been trying to conceive and you still haven't, then the act of sex can take on a new level of expectation and maybe some frustration too. The results of this research highlight that relationship quality plays an intricate role in the dance between sexual pleasure and reproductive planning. The mixed results show that other factors may be at play that were not considered adequately when developing the study. And for me, one big takeaway from this study was that it really needs to be updated to give meaningful results. By updated, recall that the actual survey took place over 15 years ago, before Obama took office. Women living in today's world can handle being asked about sexual nuances that may help us get to the root of sexual satisfaction. 
Some nuances I'm thinking of include sexual orientation and pregnancy ambivalence, both of which should be explored in greater depth. The study should also go into the methods women are using to avoid pregnancy. Those could impact results. I'd like to see a category for women using IUDs, which are high efficacy and require an appointment to reverse, though really all the contraceptives are worth noting. Despite the study's flaws, it was interesting, definitely, as I felt, worth discussing. This was a study that pulled white, black, and Hispanic women across the country, many with infertility, and got their opinions on what are sometimes considered taboo topics. Even if this research doesn't change clinical practice right now, the authors made an excellent recommendation from what they noticed, and that is that women should be treated individually for their sexual needs, taking into account how these women feel about getting pregnant and how well their relationship seems to be going. Since I try not to make these episodes too long, I feel like I've run out of important takeaways to share. So if you're still listening, thank you. There was a lot to say in order to understand why the study has room to improve. If you wind up reading the study yourself, please feel free to drop me a line and let me know if you agree or disagree with my takes on it. There's a link to the study and more details posted in the show notes at www.yourfertilitypharmacist.com. This is Your Fertility Pharmacist. Thanks for tuning in. 